Hello, good morning, Westridge. It's good to be here with you today as we wrap up our message series on the secret of happiness. And I hope you've enjoyed what's been taking place so far. It's good to be with you here in person and online. Greg and Scott both did great jobs of highlighting the key role the expression of gratitude has in the development of happiness and peace. So you've seen not only the mental and physical benefits of gratitude, but also some spiritual benefits that come along with it too when when you choose to look at life through that lens. So today, we're going to put a little different theme, a twist on this theme. We look at the secret to happiness is accumulation. You might think that's a little different. Um, Sheryl Crow sang a song, Soak Up the Sun. There was a line in that song that always caused me to think. She said this, I don't have digital. I don't have diddly squat. It's not having what you want. It's wanting what you've got. And I always looked at that and thought, man, that is a great song that talks about contentment. Now, here's the reality for me. I struggle to implement this in my life at times. Maybe you feel the same way. I mean, for the first time this year, my family said they, it would help to make things easier for them. I put together an Amazon list for myself. Now, as I began putting things on my list, it's amazing how one item triggers another item. And maybe two items. And of course, down at the bottom, there's little pictures of other things that, hey, those who bought this also bought this. I think, oh yeah, click, 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 click. And pretty soon that list just expanded, right? And of course, the thing I realized, the older I get, the more expensive the toys are, right? Okay. Now, so here's, I, I brought with me today the uh, size of stocking that hangs above our mantle in, the, uh, in, the, in our basement downstairs. So we, have a, we, have a, we celebrate our Christmas downstairs. And so we all have a, a series of these stockings. Now, when it's all said and done, though, let me be honest with you. When it comes down to it, this is the kind of stocking I want for me. You ever feel that way? And here's the problem. When I choose this kind of stocking for myself, you know what happens? It fills up. And so you know what I need to do? Buy a bigger stocking, right? Isn't that the way it works? So that's the problem with accumulation and choosing that, that kind of idea as a lifestyle. When it comes to accumulating stuff, there's never enough. There's never enough. There's always more. It doesn't ultimately satisfy. In fact, if you chase, if you chase accumulating stuff, it, it leaves ourselves kind of empty at times. So why would I say then that accumulation could bring happiness? Well, I think when it comes to happiness, it's real important to keep things very simple. On Thanksgiving Day, our youngest grandson was with us. Uh, This is a picture of of Porter. He's two years old. So we went up into my office. We were playing downstairs with a little xylophone, and he he seemed to enjoy that. I'm going to take him upstairs so he can play my bongos. Every two-year-old needs a set of bongos, right? So when when we went upstairs, I saw this sitting there on the floor. He just returned from deer hunting. This is my deer rattler. Okay, so it, it's fairly simple. I, I picked it up, and I, this calls in the buck, so you make it feel like two bucks are fighting, okay? So I did that, and then I handed it to Porter, and Porter picked it up, and he did this. I said, well done, buddy. You're on your way to being a fine hunter, okay? I mean, really, it's easy to use. Anybody can pick this up and run it. So today, we're going to look at three characters from the Christmas story and I think from their life, we're going to see that the, the key to happiness really is simple. It really is simple. And it really comes from accumulating memories, filling our lives with memories that bring gratitude. 
Christmas is here. Hey, I love the sweet, simple message of that song, don't you? And when it comes to accumulation, I think it is simple as well. It's choosing to fill our lives with gratitude and continuing to look for more ways in, to do this. I mean, we will never be wrong. We'll never go wrong with choosing gratitude as a way and a lens with which to look through, at life through. I mean, that just it helps us. And so we're going to look at three character studies today that reveal simple areas that I think any of us can use to accumulate memories that build gratitude. So let's look at the first one, and that is found in the group of shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And the, the, uh, the key here is developing a sense of wonder. One of our family traditions, every Christmas day is reading the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And here's part of the story. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And that single angel was soon filled with a sky full of angels, praising God for the gift that he had given to the world. Uh, what an overwhelming moment these men shared together. As they were given a front row seat for the promise that God had of sending his chosen one to the earth. And I think their lives were changed forever after this night. They had something to look back on and say, man, remember. I know how important it is for me to maintain a sense of awe and wonder, of remembering and celebrating times when see God's hand at work. It helps me. Now, maybe you remember this event. I, I have a picture here. This happened on December 21st, 2020, the Christmas star, the same star, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn appeared in the, the western skies. Now, it actually happened, the conjunction happened on the day before I took this picture. Here, the, the planets were starting to separate a little bit. On December 20th, the planets were together just as they were when Jesus was born. And I remember driving out to a parking lot of a school close to us, and I just exited the car and I saw the star up in the sky. I had my binoculars. I had a spotting scope with me. I could actually see the rings of Saturn with my spotting scope. And, and I looked at this through, the, through my scope. And I was overwhelmed. Because I realized I was looking at the same thing the wise men looked at when Jesus was born. By the way, this was the first time that this happened in 800 years. I saw... God's hand at work. And I felt wonder. A couple weeks ago, I was up in a tree stand. December 1st, it was a beautiful day, crisp and cold, no wind blowing, perfect morning. And, and I sat there and I took this picture of the sky as the sun came up in the east across the fields. And I thought of, of Psalm 8, verse 1, which says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And I felt wonder at the way the Father had painted the sky in front of me. Now, if you were here a month ago, this happened in first service a month ago. I had the privilege of talking about prayer, one of my favorite subjects. And that morning during my quiet time, I'd ask God to provide a Spanish speaker for me as an interpreter because I was going to talk to a guy who was interested in starting a church up on the north side of the city of Chicago. 
And so I didn't, I don't have much Spanish. And my ask from the father was that he would connect me with somebody here at Westridge that morning who spoke Spanish who could be an interpreter for me. I brought it up during the message, first hour. And that's when Darren got up on stage at the end of first hour with Stu Torres, who oversees the drilling of wells in Nicaragua. And Darren said this, Lance, I think your answer to prayer is standing right here. And sure enough, he was. And Stu translated for me that afternoon as I talked to a man from Ecuador who has gathered a group of people together in the Lawndale neighborhood in Chicago. By the way, this is a neighborhood that we have prayed through to see if what God wants us to start a church there. I think he's saying yes. And I was overwhelmed with gratitude. I'll tell you what, I, I uh, high-fived the father all week long on that one. I really did. Thanked him for the way, the way he showed up. And I've told other people that story too because I think it's important that we share the stories of how we see God show up so other people can feel the same sense of awe and wonder that I had that day. The shepherds in the fields had no idea what was happening a few miles away in Bethlehem. But when they heard the news from the angel, they responded. Here's what they said. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord's told us about. They went, they saw the baby. After they'd seen him, they spread the word what they, about what they'd been seen, what they'd seen, what they'd been told to everyone who would hear. And they returned then to their duty, thanking God that he'd given them, again, a front row seat to a history-changing moment. So my question for us how have you seen God at work? How have you been awed by his action in your life? And I'll tell you what, I don't think it's just the big things that should elicit a, a gratitude response from us. It's the little things too. Hey, by the way, look at, your, look at your hands for just a moment. Look at the ends of those, those, those your hands, the, the, the fingerprints there. You realize every single one of us in this room, there is no identical person. That God knows and loves each one of us individually, and he cares about each one of us individually. He could have made us clones, but he didn't. He made us unique and individual. Again, just a touch of the Father's hand, I think. So what brings a sense of wonder to you? Is it the little things? Is it walking in nature? Seeing, spending time with a child? Maybe reflecting back on his care for you through the years. I don't know what it is, but here's what I know. I want more of those moments. I want to fill my life with those memories of how I've seen God at work. And I'll tell you what, those memories, they don't weigh me down at all. They lift me up and help me to look for more because I want more. Second person I want to look at is Mary. Mary shows us the opportunities to serve that come our way and how we can respond. When Gabriel appeared to Mary in chapter 1 of Luke, he says this, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And he then informed Mary what was going to be uh, happening, that she had been chosen to be the mother of God's son, the promised Messiah. When she questioned how this could happen since she was a virgin, uh, Gabriel told her what was going to happen. And he shared the news about her cousin Elizabeth, who was really old, but was going to have a baby, John the Baptist. And he closed the statement with this, with this word. He said, for nothing is impossible with God. I love that. Think about it for a moment. Mary is a young girl. Back then, Jewish girls were engaged probably between the age of 12 to 15. She was a peasant, not affluent at all, not well-known. 
She probably had a pretty good idea of the scandal that would arise in the small town of Nazareth when uh, she was found to be pregnant without being married. But when this opportunity came to her, so here's what I know. She had an opportunity to say yes or no to it. I, I firmly believe that. Mary could have said no. But look what she did. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, I'm in. She chose to serve. And with, this, with these words, she opened her life both to the challenges and the blessings that were going to come her way. Blessings that would fill her life with memory. The question is, why would I choose to accumulate more opportunities to serve? I mean, we're busy. We're all busy, right? <laughs> this time of the year in particular. Service is not always convenient. Sometimes it's not even fun, honestly. Okay? It's just work. Why? Why would I choose to serve? I think what happens for me is when I choose to, when I choose service, I embrace humility. Because when we choose service, we, we must be humble because we're putting ourselves under the control of the Father. Now, I'm talking to myself here. It's really easy for me to get, be, get caught up in the, uh, what's in it for me? I, I mean, I, I experienced this on Saturday, or excuse me, on Friday, we were driving down to, we have an opportunity to serve at the church that we're a part of down in Bourbonnet next Saturday. And uh, I told Darla, I said, I'm willing to do it, but I want to do it early on Saturday. So I have the rest of the day. She said, okay. And then she looked at me and said, there, there aren't two slots open from 8 to, eight to 11. I said, well, what's open? She said, 10 to 1. And I said, I don't want to do that. Okay, that's not, that's not convenient for me. <laughs> I remember what I was talking about today. I said, okay, I changed my mind. 10 to 1 just works great, okay? So we're working together at 10 to 1 on Saturday, Saturday next week. I wrestle with it. We all wrestle with it, right? But that wasn't Mary's attitude at all. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. And if you look at her through the rest of the New Testament, you see how humble a lady she was. Not proud. Not, and she could have been proud. She's the mother of the Messiah, right? But she just put herself in God's hands. Whatever you want from me. And when we choose to serve, we humble ourselves. We're telling the Father, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Choosing to serve creates relationships as we work together. That's another benefit. I look back at some of my closest friendships through the years and realize they were born as we worked together. Uh, church construction projects, playing softball, uh, doing seasonal events, gathering in small groups, even meetings they've had with people. They've all built a foundation of memories that I celebrate with gratitude. I'm doing, a, I'm doing the memorial service for a friend of mine. 40 years we've been friends, doing it next, in the next couple of weekends. And I'm just going to tell stories of how his life blessed my life. Memories. I guess what's all said and done, serving God does prevent us with, provide us with a load of memories that fill us with gratitude. I, I have a, Danielle put together a bunch of pictures for me uh, of uh, different service things that have taken place here, both in the community and down in Nicaragua. And what I see here are pictures of people working together. Some having fun. Some working hard. You know, I love seeing people work together because I realize every one of these pictures shows memories being made. And that's the value of serving together. By the way, I see it taking place every Sunday here. From the greeters inside the door, people working in the cafe, 
what you see on stage here? I mean, 18 guitars. Isn't that great? Huh? And all the beautiful music that takes place. But there's a lot of other things you don't see all the time. People work in the sound booth. The lights. Slides up there in the projection room. All kinds of people working together. And every time we work together, memories are made. It's a beautiful thing. And when we take advantage of opportunities to serve, we accumulate memories that fill our tank. The third thing I see is Joseph's example. He said yes to following. A lot like, a lot like Mary. We don't know much about Jesus' earthly father. He was a carpenter. He taught Jesus the family business. We know that. There is not a single word of Joseph's recorded in the Bible. Did you know that? Never hear him talking. I imagine he was a strong, silent type. We're told Joseph was a righteous man. When he found out about Mary, he was going to divorce her quietly so she wouldn't be put to public shame and stoned. But when he made up his mind to do that, the character trait I want to look at was displayed. An angel appeared to him in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Do you think Joseph understood that? <laughs> I don't. And yet we're told when Joseph woke from his dream... He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He just said yes. And every time Joseph had a dream, he said yes. Four times in the book of Matthew, Joseph has a dream, and the Lord tells him what he needs to do, and Joseph responds by saying, yes, I'll go. He followed the directions God gave him. Now, I am a fan of simple directions. I brought a couple of items with me today that, uh, that contain some simple directions. Okay. First of all, here's a, here's a direction sheet on this one. I have, I have these directions memorized, okay? Here's what it says. To avoid extreme heat buildup, place shade against windshield. Then the second one's pretty clear. Remove shade before operating vehicle. <laughs> why do you think that was written? Hey, you know exactly why that was written, right? Okay, so, so, but it's right there, right there. I can do that, right? Okay, now... I have, I have a Shrek iron hole. I got this, uh, got this off a cereal box, okay? It tells you how to do it up here, but then there's a cautionary box down here, okay? I always like this one. Um, this activity involves a hot iron. Only an adult should do this activity. Be careful. Cardboard transfer will still be hot. Now, here's my favorite part. Do not iron while wearing shirt. <laughs> I can do that, right? Okay? Okay? I can do that. I like simple instructions. Now, Joseph, every time he was given an instruction, it was simple. God told him what to do, and Joseph said, yes, yes, I will do that. Every time it protected he, his family, it protected his son, the Messiah. And I'll tell you what, I know that Joseph was able to have story after story of how God had shown up for him. And I can, just, I can hear him say, telling these stories to Jesus and his brothers and sisters as they grew up. Hey, remember when this happened? Beautiful. He followed. You know, the first um, invitation Jesus gave is a very simple direction. He says this, follow me. Follow me. And it's still the same today. When we choose to say yes to the adventure of following Jesus, and by the way, it is an adventure. We, we just get to follow. We get to enjoy what comes ahead of us. Uh, the instructions aren't always simple as those I read. However, 
when we follow Jesus, we end up exactly where he wants us to be. And we get to celebrate the memories. Because he always shows up. Always. You know, that, uh, that Spanish-speaking group I'm talking to in Chicago began with my saying yes to attending a reception the Latin, Latino Christian movement was hosting at a convention in Columbus, Ohio. I showed up there, and I met a man there who's starting a Spanish-speaking church in Arkansas. When he heard I was from Chicagoland, he said, Chicago! He didn't have a whole lot of English. But Chicago! I just was contacted by a man from Chicago. Okay? And that was the first step to what I hope will be a new church in Lawndale in 2023. You see what I love? I love putting the pieces together as I follow, because I, I truly believe life's an adventure when we're following Jesus, putting the pieces together until the picture emerges. And I celebrate those things when they happen. See, the example Joseph shows is that if we're willing to follow God, we're going to accumulate stories. And we're going to accumulate stories that we can share with others. And as we do, our gratitude for God's direct involvement in our life, it just continues to grow, and it just fills us up. And it helps others find the hope that Jesus brings. So that's why I firmly believe the key to happiness really is in accumulating. Accumulating memories that cause us to be grateful for what God has already done for us. And not getting more stuff. It's getting more gratitude. So my encouragement for the week ahead. Let's lay the foundation for growing gratitude. Now I really do think these three key areas will help us. Do that very thing. So here's what I want to ask you to do. First of all, how's your sense of wonder when it comes to God? It's so easy to get caught up in the, in the movement and the, and the complexity of life going on around us where we just get numb to wonder. We just kind of, we, we don't see it anymore. So what helps you find wonder? And whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to do that this week. Take a little time. And, and go find some wonder. Maybe it's walking out in nature. Maybe it's remembering back to a divine appointment you had where God showed up. I don't know what it is, but will you take time to do that this week and just spark a little wonder? And as you, as you see that spark, thank God. Thank God for what he's doing around you. Secondly, you know, Greg a couple weeks ago, I asked you to put together a, a gratitude list. Beautiful, beautiful. I hope you're doing that. Scott, last week, asked you to express gratitude to those who have blessed your life. I hope you did that. Today, I want to ask you to express gratitude to those who serve. Maybe it's somebody here. I've tried to do some of this in between services, okay, because I, I very greatly value what I see taking place around here every Sunday. It's a beautiful thing. Maybe somebody here needs to be thanked, or maybe it's somebody around you in the week ahead who needs to be thanked. And whatever it is, whether it's a, a waitress at a, at a restaurant or, a, or a, somebody who's going to serve you in a, in a grocery store, or a, whatever it is, whoever it is, will you thank somebody? I was thinking about this this morning on my way up here. I think I'm going to try and thank my garbage man this week. You know, I don't think those guys hardly ever get thanked doing their job but I'm sure glad they take my garbage away let's let's choose to thank somebody who serves us this week and let's be generous because everybody appreciates an attaboy and thirdly 
Are there people in your life who need to hear the story of God's activity in your life? Now, maybe you've been a little reluctant to share your story because of fear or uncertainty about how people will respond. Well, our stories are not meant to be stored up inside here. They're really meant to be shared. So I want to ask you to look for an opportunity to tell someone you love or somebody around you how God has been at work in your life. And I'll tell you what, if you pray for an opportunity like that, God will show up and open an opportunity. And then when that time comes, will you please just try and step into it? Say yes. Say yes. Happiness. It's not found in having what we want. It comes as we want and are grateful for what we've already got. And these things we've talked, these things we've talked about today are things, if we're following Jesus, we already have them in our life. So let's accumulate the memories that will build, grow, and develop us as we move forward.